All right. This is the week to think about the biblical doctrine and the practice of thanksgiving. Meaning, giving God thanks. Having a genuine, deep-seated heart of gratitude to God. In the midst of and for everything. Arrogant, prideful people don't give thanks to God. The Bible puts it this way, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God, or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And that's every one of us in this room. It's how we were born. But the Gospel of Jesus Christ is the very power of God. And that salvation that the Gospel brings is what snaps the neck of ingratitude in every one of us. And so, if you're a believer, and if you find yourself struggling with being thankful to God, This morning, I want to commend to us Psalm 92. So, if you would, please turn to Psalm 92. Because when we get what the psalmist says here, we should not be at a loss for thanking God. No matter what situation we find ourselves in. Now, experientially. The Bible lets us know that this is true experientially. And every one of us who is a believer knows that we all go through times where it is extremely difficult to praise God and to give thanks to God. Fear or uncertainty of tomorrow comes over us like a cloud and our emotions of thankfulness are just covered in darkness. Setbacks, tragedy, death, loss, they put us in a state of, I just don't feel like thanking God. Or or like C.S. Lewis penned, in the first few weeks after the death of his wife, when I need you most, God, it feels as if the door is slammed in my face and locked and bolted on the other side. And so we feel, if I give thanks, it won't be genuine. I'll just be mouthing it and I'll feel like a robotic hypocrite. Now, I don't know about you. You might have, but most of us probably have not experienced a situation as imminently frightening as Paul and Silas when they were thrown into the prison cell in Philippi. As Acts lets us know, Luke says it this way, And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, They threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. 
Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. They knew Psalm 92. And no matter what any of us are experiencing presently or next week or four months from now, the psalmist also tells us in the very first verse, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. So as God's people in Christ, don't look to your trials, your failings, your sin, your worldly circumstances to give you reasons to not be thankful to God. But look to Psalm 92 for reasons to be thankful. The psalmist gives us three reasons this morning. The first is, it is good to give thanks to God because of who He is and what He has done for us in Jesus Christ. Secondly, it is good to give thanks to God because the world, the present evil world, will be judged. It will come to an end the way it is now. And we in Christ are delivered from that future condemnation. And thirdly, as Paul and Silas demonstrated in the midst of prison at midnight, we are caused to flourish even in this life because we are in Christ and we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And He has filled our hearts with gratitude and thanksgiving. So, if you're there, Psalm 92. Before you get to Psalm 1, notice the header. A psalm. A song for the Sabbath. So, what we have here is week after week, Saturday after Saturday after Saturday, and for us, the Lord's Day after the Lord's Day. This is a psalm of thanksgiving as His people corporately gather. So, let's read the first five verses. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to Your name, O Most High, to declare Your steadfast love in the morning and Your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre or the guitar. For You, O Lord, have made me glad by Your work. At the works of Your hands I sing for joy. How great are Your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. So first, it is good, it is right to praise God with our lips. It is right to give thanksgiving to the Lord 
because he is the Lord. Did you see your translation there? All four letters of Lord are capitalized, which means it's translating the Hebrew word Yahweh. That's the personal covenant name of God that He revealed to Moses and to the children of Israel. Yahweh is the God of Israel, which means He's the covenant-keeping God. You see, when we give thanks this coming Thursday and Sunday after Sunday in here, we don't mean let's give thanks to some generic higher power. We mean, give thanks to the Lord, to Yahweh, to the God of Israel, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who made covenant with us by Jesus' blood. So give thanks. And then, He's also called here the Most High. There is none higher. He is ultimate. He is sovereign. He is I Am. He is the only being in existence that has the essence of being as His nature and not derivative. Psalm 97 verse 9 says, For you, O Lord, O Yahweh, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted above all gods. Demons. The pagans worship. So, so this is the question that we are to ask every Sunday morning, week after week, and this coming Thanksgiving on Thursday. Is the Lord my most high over false gods? Is He the highest, the most important, and the most central being in my life? That's a subjective question. The answer to that question won't make Him the Most High. But it's an important question. Because objectively, Yahweh is the Most High, as a matter of fact. He is the one that spoke the universe into existence. It all belongs to Him. And any human creature who does not praise Him, thank Him for it, is guilty of a horrible ingratitude. That's Bible. Let me quote it. Romans 1, For what can be known about God is clear to everybody because God has shown it to everybody for his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived and seen 
ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been created. So we all are without excuse. For although we knew God existed, we did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but we became futile in our thinking and our foolish hearts were darkened. We claimed to be wise, but we became fools. But in Christ, He reverses it. And that, that's why God's covenant people are in tune with Psalm 92, verses 1 to 2. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your said mercy, merciful love, steadfast love, loving kindness, however you want to translate. It is good because of what you've done in Christ to declare your special love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. And so we never, ever, 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 ever lack good objective reasons to praise God and give Him thanks. When we, me, we don't, it is because at those moments we are so self-centered, so short-sighted, so darkened in our ability to see reality. Because God in His goodness and His grace and His faithfulness are everywhere. Every Christian should love to sing, to praise God, to say thank you. And you say, well, I, I don't know if I feel that, okay? Christian. And we all... Here you go. Let me help then. We've been working through the book of Ephesians. So I just want to read a few verses from chapter 1 and see if that's not gasoline on the fire. Enough to be thankful. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will resulting in the praise of His glorious grace.
We have something to be thankful for if we're in Christ. Now, I know what I'm going to say is much easier to say than it is to feel. But even with temporal setbacks and suffering and pain and darkness and depression or whatever may come, ask yourself the question, is not what we just read in Ephesians 1 enough to give praise, to be thankful for His steadfast love? toward us in Jesus Christ. As the psalmist declares, in order to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Morning again, night again, morning again, night again. See, if we think about the Lord's steadfast Fast love toward us with a biblical and a gospel-centered worldview, then we will have reasons to praise Him. And this is one of the main reasons why we meet every Lord's Day here. To sing. To sing with instruments and melody. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to Your name, O Most High, to declare Your steadfast love in the morning and Your faithfulness at night to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the guitar, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. No wonder the last psalm in the Psalter unpacks it this way Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So what is the reason for this kind of heartfelt corporate expression of thanksgiving. It's verses 4 and 5 of Psalm 92. For you, O Lord, have made me glad 
by your works. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. So the works of creation, the stars, the galaxies, our own tiny little solar system, the ocean, mountains, an infant's little hands are all there to wow us into thanksgiving. All His works point to the depth of His thoughts. Your thoughts are very We don't praise His thoughts because we fully always understand them. You know how Isaiah declared it? God says through him, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But He does reveal Himself as much as He so chose. And Paul is given it, and he laid it out in Romans 1-11. to And what does he say at the very crescendo of ending up that salvific plan of God from eternity past, He says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and baffling at times His way. So, but let me then just ask you, have you had your eyes opened to taste, to get a glimpse of the very deep thinking of God's ways? Has it hit you? As Paul would say, He's shown the light so that I could see the Gospel of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Has that hit you to such an extent that it causes you to sing and to praise Him? If that's true, this Thanksgiving week you have great reason to thank Him. To thank Him that you are no longer left in your former state of darkness. Like the person in verses 6 through 9 of Psalm 92. The stupid man cannot know 
The fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass, and all evildoers, they flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. For you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand. But those who are in Christ, Do they see and they sing with instruments in melody? But even notice in the midst of Psalm 92, this psalm of praise and of thanksgiving, the writer refers to how the godless, how the wicked flourish in life. Here, for a time. And no wonder God's thoughts are not our thoughts, because we probably wouldn't do it that way. We would also probably get us saved and then give us the resurrection body and do away with sin and our own sin and suffering and pain and everything else all at once. So we would probably. Do it. But he says, your thoughts, though, are very deep. And his point is what? This is a song of thanksgiving. Yes, you see what appears to be injustice on God's part. But he says, oh, believers are not to think wrongly. They're not to think short-sightedly about this present evil world. If we do, it'll be really hard to give heartfelt thanks to God. The psalmist says, yes, yes, evildoers, wicked, God-belittlers, they flourish. And he knows that's a problem. He knows that, but I love you. Why is their body healthy? Why are they living in luxury? Why do things seem to be going so smoothly in comparison to my struggle? And he says, yes. If you're in that situation... And you feel that. He says the reason you praise Him is because they only sprout up for a vapor. Grass grows and withers and dies and is gone. And He says it clearly. And then they are doomed to destruction forever. But in Christ, 
We are not spiritually stupid. He used the word, at least the translation. The stupid cannot know. But by the Holy Spirit regeneration, we're no longer spiritually stupid. We can see the truth of reality. And this makes us, according to the psalmist, glad with a heart of thanksgiving. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I will sing for joy. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. And so, it is good to give thanks and to praise His name for who He is and what He has done for us in Christ, and secondly, because He will triumph over all His enemies forever. And finally, it's good to give heartfelt thanks and praise to God because He causes us, His people, to flourish and to thrive even as we are aliens and sojourners down here in the veil of tears. There is a flourishing in a prison cell at midnight. Or the way he says it, verses 10 through 15. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox, you have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness. In Him. So, here are some specifics to be grateful about this morning and this Thanksgiving week. Does the Father, by the Holy Spirit, ever refresh your soul? Renew your strength in Christ? If He does, then you should sing thanksgiving songs to Him. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. I, look, there's debate. I just, 
Here's one of the things he probably means. An ox, there would be oil. You would oil the horns and shine it up and make it fresh. God cares for his that way. And thus, the psalmist give thanks. Or we should be thankful for verse 11. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. As believers, we are guaranteed a battlefield in this world. Paul will come to chapter 6 of Ephesians. and He will say, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against unseen powers that wage war against our souls. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. Christians know Christ has secured the battle and the victory. Thus, we fight. Paul put it this way. Oh yeah, there's bloodshed to come. There are tears to be shed before us. And he asked in Romans 8, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he answers, No one, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, no wonder we say, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. To sing praises to Your name, O Most High. If you belong to Christ, if your faith is in the good news of salvation in Jesus, then you are, by God, declared righteous. You are viewed as He views His eternal Son who became a human being. Perfectly righteous. And therefore, verses 12 to 14 are your possession. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. And so you ask yourself, are you a part of the house of the Lord? Are you a member of His people? Of His church? You are no longer His enemy. 
You are the righteousness of Christ. And so ask, have you been flourishing as a believer over the last three or four years? And you're in your 20s? Oh, you should thank Him. Look around the world. Look at people in their 20s. You should thank Him. Have you been flourishing for decades? 20, 30, almost 40 years and Jesus has kept you. Is there still fruit on your tree after all the stuff you've been through? Then we should fall on our faces with heartfelt gratitude thanksgiving you know why God created you do you know why he sent his son to die for you and to rise from the dead and then to come personally to you and to call you to faith in him to redeem you from ultimate destruction so that you would bear fruit? Do you know why? You can read it. It's right there in verses 14 and 15. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap in green to declare that the Lord is upright he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him why would we declare that in the context of this psalm because of what he had said there's the problem of evil The problem is God upright? Is He just? Is He holy? Can He really have loving kindness if babies die of cancer and ISIS abounds and war is continuous and people betray you and hurricanes kill people? Human history is filled with it. But the psalmist says, The redeemed declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. That is in light of saying, The wicked flourish, but only like grass, not like a cedar. He says, no, God's our rock. Their doom is coming. It's destruction. Forever. 
Judgment day is coming. All will be set right. Thus, our God is upright. He is righteous. As Paul declares, God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us someday when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with His mighty angels and flaming fire inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might when Jesus comes on that day in order to be glorified in His saints and to be marveled at by all who have believed. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And then the dead who are in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we will always be with the Lord. And therefore we declare, verse 15, we declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in Him. He was right. I deserved holy, perfect damnation. But He sent His Son not to sweep my sin aside, but that the eternal God who became truly human would step in the gap and the blow of God's wrath would be fully poured out. And He would raise that man from the dead. His perfect Sinless human life would be imputed to the account of all whom He has chosen. And thus called. And thus justified. And will one day glorify. Oh, He's just. And He found a way to remain just while He justifies the ungodly like us. And so as we gather every Lord's Day, and as we gather this Thanksgiving, Psalm 92 wants us to know it is good 
It is really good to give thanks to the Lord. To sing praises to your name, O Most High. It's good because of who He is and what He's done for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's good because He will triumph over all evil. And He will then set all things right so that we sing His praises now. And we will be eternally grateful then. Let's pray and then sing thanksgiving to our great God and Savior. O Holy One, O Good One, O Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, O Father of us by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of Christ, by which we cry out to You, not merely as aloof, not merely as transcendent, most high but is very near dwelling within us by the Spirit we cry Abba Father we thank you oh we thank you for such a great salvation from beginning to end from predestination to calling, to faith, to sanctification, to ultimate glorification. You are worthy to be praised. In your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.